That's nearly $2 billion, and that's money that's going to be spent on improving safety, enhancing mobility, and improving economic growth and development in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, and with this historic funding from the legislature, new construction will be popping up all over Mississippi. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast. Men and women of the Department of Transportation are up to the task and up to make sure that we deliver a product that the taxpayers uh, can be proud of. So I'm ready for us to go to work. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Deputy Director of Public Affairs, Paul Catool, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Will Kraft. He is the Director of Public <laughs> Affairs here at MDOT. And listen, we took a little break from the podcast. It was a long legislative session. I want to thank all of our guests for, uh, for coming on the show during that time. I know it's a busy, very busy time for them. Uh, the last episode, we had MDOT Executive Director Brad White join the show. Go back and listen. A really great recap of the 2023 legislative session for MDOT. But we're turning the page forward. We've got two great guests from within MDOT today. We have Colby Kimmel and Jessica Dilley. Guys, can you tell us who you are, what you do at MDOT? Yeah. Sure. So, like he said, I'm Colby Kimmel, and I am serving as the Assistant Chief Engineer for Pre-Construction. I have a background in roadway design, um, but in my new role, I oversee roadway, bridge design, surveying, right-of-way, and environmental divisions. And I've been doing that for about just over a year now, so I'm slowly getting used to it and figuring out exactly what all that means. Yeah, you got it all figured out by now, right? 12 months in? 100%. Definitely. No questions. I'm writing the manual. I know, I know, I know. What about you, Jessica? Um, So I am the assistant to the state planning engineer. Um, So I work in planning here at MDOT. Um, I have been in the planning sector for about 10 years. Um, The coin term they like to call a plan engineer because I have an engineering degree, but I work in planning. Um, I came up doing feasibility studies, and then um, I started in the northern part of the state and then moved over to the whole state. And now I'm over the feasibility section, our traffic data analysis and collection, and then our mapping section. I'm sure you've seen some of our fabulous maps. That's right. Definitely. And also our carbon reduction strategic program, and then our national electric vehicle infrastructure program. So, wow, you guys have plenty of free time is what I hear, huh? Nothing to do. I got all this stuff <laughs> yeah. under your schedules. And, well, Will, you may not know this, but oh, yeah, a fun me. fact real quick. Okay. Jessica and I not only went to the University of Mississippi together, okay. but we also started here at MDOT on the exact same day. Oh, really? Wow. Yes, can't get away did. from each other. <laughs> so, wait, all right, so knowing that, then what What was your first gig here? What, what, was, what was getting in the door? My first gig? Like, mm-hmm. my first job? Here, here at MDOT, sorry, yeah. When y'all started here, what, what was your first I was a design engineer, and my dad, who is also an engineer, um, oh, nice. yes, in northern Mississippi, I called him and I said, am I supposed to know what they are talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can drive on a road, but I don't know what they're talking about. I think I ask Paul these same questions every day. <laughs> what about you? Um, similar. So I, I came in planning, um, and I sat down at this little cubicle, and I remember messaging Colby, and I was like, so um, where, do, where do we eat? <laughs> Those are good questions because neither one of y'all from Jackson Metro, right? Correct. Yeah. So even mm-hmm. being interested in the Jackson Metro, I think uh, Jeff Altman had mentioned before when he first started, um, they could kind of put you anywhere. 
you know, or excuse me, there were only a couple places, and now we can kind of put you anywhere. So, um, you know, it's just interesting that you even say that. Think about it. you guys moved here and came to Jackson, place you've never been before. Um, and now we have all these positions and hirings open all across the statewide. So, but we're glad you decided to come to Jackson and that you're still here, you know, yeah. uh, running the show. So um, I know you guys mentioned a lot of things you got going on right now, um, plenty of stuff involved with engineering and the things that are going on in MDOT. But just generally speaking, let's touch base on something that you guys have worked a lot about kind of from an umbrella standpoint. It touches every aspect, and that's just women in transportation. Um, if I'm not mistaken, we've got some leadership of the uh, of the group, right? One of you, one of you two, right now? Yeah. So I'm the current president, and Colby is the past president. So she was our inaugural president. Oh, wow. Um, so the first president for WTS Mississippi. Awesome. And then I was vice president at the time, and now I'm president of it currently. Okay. So what are you guys trying to do with that group? What, what, is, what is this mission? So um, Colby and I started this in uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, Melinda McGrath was a huge piece of it sure. to encourage us to put together this program in Mississippi. So WTS has actually been around since 1977. It stands for Women Transportation Seminar, because yeah. back in 1977, women were encouraged to be part of organizations or head organizations. So the way that this group of women, the transportation sector, took on that challenge was they created Women Transportation Seminar. Since then, it's been rebranded to just WTS to keep that history, but then also to kind of move forward past that and move to a bigger picture. It's not just for women, it's, you know, it's inclusive of everybody, but it is for, intended for the promotion of women through transportation. So that was one thing that we felt like was missing in our state. Um, it is, there's 83 chapters, mm -hmm. is that right? That's right. Um, and our state did not have a chapter, so we felt like that was something that that our state could benefit from. Yeah, I see that they're having the international conference coming up, so it's it's a big organization, right? Yeah. It's it's very big. Those international, um, Colby and I have had the opportunity to go to one of the international conferences, and it was it was very eye opening. You know, there are a lot of women transportation leaders throughout sure. our mm -hmm. nation, and at the time, Elaine Chow was actually the Secretary of Transportation. So. Um, you know, and it's everything from ports to airports to roadways. You know, tr the transportation sector is much larger than even I encompassed sure. or, or would think about. Um, so for here, you know, in our state, we have kind of taken on our own little, like, pet project mm -hmm. for, cool. for, for our, that we feel like accommodates our state. Um so, you know, the thing is, is we would like to promote women in transportation. And I think Colby says this very well. You know, we're not asking for any special privileges sure, because we're, right. we're females. Right. Um, That's been very important to us since the first day was that we want to make sure this doesn't look like we deserve or feel like we deserve something different just because we're women. Sure. But at the same time, you know, like we, we want a chance to be able to connect. We want a chance to be able to have an opportunity for a seat at the table, not even asking for a seat at the table, just an opportunity yeah. to be able to have that as even, you know, within our goal or, or 
something to look towards. Um, and on that, if you don't mind, sorry to yeah, interrupt. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the ways that we've identified that we can help with that in our state is when we do get that seat at the table, when we do get the opportunity to be heard or there's that promotion up, that we have been um, providing women with the tools and the resources and the confidence to be successful when they do get that chance. Absolutely. Um, so that's some of the things y'all do? That's through? some of the things we try to focus okay. on. And then um, our other big program that I know Jessica and I are so proud of is our outreach program where mm -hmm. we have partnered with elementary schools in the local Jackson area. Cool. We've done book drives and then we have a monthly program at the Stew Pot after school center um, every month during the school year and we provide all the materials, the instructions, and hands-on guidance to do a STEM activity. Um, and then last year we had a STEM day at the Ag Museum, and then this year we'll be volunteering at the Stew Pot uh, Summer Camp, where they have really? a STEM, oh. a whole week just dedicated to STEM. Wow, so okay. So that's one of those things that um, you know started as an idea during COVID. We were like, we should do a book drive or something to help with all these students that are at home. And we thought, well, you know, maybe we'll get 100 books or so. And we ended up collecting over 4,000 books. Oh, my goodness. Wow. wow. And we were able to distribute those to kids in the um, metro area. And it really just took off from there once we saw the interest and how appreciative people were. I mean, there were people lining up um, at the drop-offs or the pickups where they would get their packets and mm -hmm. stuff. And they were like, oh, no, we don't need a packet. We're just here to get books. That's awesome. And awesome. so we were like, that's kind of where the idea was born, that we really wanted to invest Um into our community and into STEM because that's, you know, if we can get to these children early, then, you know, we're helping our industry and hopefully helping you know, students in our community. So. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And just from following y'all on social media, I know you guys do a lot of good work. Can you tell us the social media handle if you remember it offhand? It's WTS Mississippi, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. That's it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Follow and we're on LinkedIn and Facebook. LinkedIn and Facebook. We'll follow along. So let's back up just a little bit. I know, Colby, you said that your dad was an engineer, but so can you both tell us kind of why you decided to become engineers? Well, this is another thing we have in common. Both of our fathers are engineers. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that either, Richard. I'll answer a little bit for Jessica, so she'll have to just dance around what I don't say. But <laughs> yeah. she's from Texas, and I am from North Mississippi. But my grandfather started in an engineering firm in 1967. Okay. And so he's a civil. My dad's a civil and I didn't really have a path of, I'm going to be an engineer when I grow up. I mean, because my dad is very, um, like, county engineer, dirt roads. Like, I was like, I'm not interested in riding around, you know, and looking at dirt all day. That is probably not going to be my career of choice. Um, but as I got older and um, was actually in college before I made the decision and oh, wow. uh, realized that, you know, an engineering background is um, – for a lot more than just riding around and, you know, sure. the outdoor part, which is, which I like to be outdoors. Don't get me wrong. But no. I also am a big fan of the air conditioning in August. That's right. So. <laughs> the air conditioning, that's what I tell people all the time. There is a place for everybody, and mine is in my AC office. <laughs> Absolutely. We can we can remember and appreciate the past, but also uh, love the modern future. And, you know, yeah. air Great AC here at MDOT, yeah. yes. if you're looking yes. for AC. Uh, well, and one thing, just touching on the, before I totally forget the WTS, all the things, the activities and whatnot you were just mentioning, is that kind of like on the web on the website? Can people go, uh, the different, the STEM, the annual things? Yes, we have the events posted on the website. It's on all of our social media. You can also um, email us at 
wtsmississippi at gmail.com and we can send you the information you can join our mailing list um so okay and there's also just to like piggyback on that a little bit um on our website during as chloe mentioned everything kind of stand up during COVID and so you know initially there wasn't really a way to get these STEM activities out to the students other than just through packets. So we partnered with um, some of our partners and we they put together these STEM videos. So if you go to our website there is a, a link to all the STEM videos and you can download the information about it. It's like a form, you know, not really formal lesson, but kind of a lesson that goes through. How to, it's a step-by-step how-to. And then it tries to link it back to something within the state. So, Whoa. you know, kids can look at it, put it together, and then actually see it in place. That's awesome. Like um, an example of that is when we did the gumdrop bridges. They took the Greenville Bridge and they do whatever you do to make it look like a coloring sheet. So within the packet is a coloring sheet is the Greenville Bridge that goes along with the um, gumdrop bridge I'm gonna need uh, I'm gonna need a, a copy of this so I can work it out on my own it may be just uh, colored by numbers but you know we <laughs> but all it's have a our lot challenges. of fun when it's raining and your this kids need an activity yeah there's yeah. A, my favorite is the foil boats so if you get on there I have the, seen that one it's really fun so this is just another another uh, engineering a stem a course where you make the boat out of the foil mm-hmm. uh, yeah and try to see like I try to compete with my kids to see who can it can hold the most like you get a little well we have the little G.I. Joe and stuff. Y'all probably don't, but um, <laughs> still from childhood, That's still right. hanging on. That's right. There we go. Uh, so, I mean, to put a cap on that right there, so uh, all of the great things that we're talking about with women in transportation, but throw on the top of it there, um, check out the website. It sounds like they've got all kind of great tools and things to get involved with your kids. Um, or send them outside, give them some videos. You know, there's some great stuff. Some of that's really interesting. Cool. Thank you all for mentioning all that, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I, one thing you just mentioned uh, with, the, with about being uh, uh, the children of, of engineers, so uh, Kobe was telling us a little bit about her story. What did your dad say when you decided to get an engineer? So I'm going to tell you exactly what he said, but he basically <laughs> said, you can do engineering or you can do engineering. <laughs> nice. So he was very wow. encouraging. Yeah, he was That's good. He was encouraging. Okay. No, I, my dad, my parents were very supportive of whatever I decided to do. They just um, – as my dad is a mechanical engineer, what they actually call a pipe stress engineer. Okay. And um, that really wasn't what I had in mind for what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Do you have to have a parent that was an engineer to go into engineering? Is that Absolutely no? not. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. Okay. Um, but what I, I wanted to, to do, I, I did like math and I did like problem solving and I did like the idea of engineering but I wanted to, I wanted my career to be in something that would improve the our quality of life, okay. that would give back to the community, but also be in like a collaborative way. So not just siloed, but also, you know, be able to work as part of a team and be able to collaborate and create something. And so whenever I was introduced to civil engineering, that kind of checked all those boxes. It kind of gave the opportunity to, you know, you see the infrastructure that we use on a daily basis from our drinking water to our road system to our buildings, you know, all that falls in civil engineering and all of that works to improve our quality of life. Also, you know, 
whenever we're doing projects like that, it takes a team effort. It's not just one person. There's lots of parts and pieces and people involved and um, collaboration that's required to get those things done. And that's part of my job that I enjoy the most is is doing that as part of a team. That's awesome. Love that. Love that. So you kind of you all have kind of talked about it a little bit, but so you're talking to a, a young girl, young young woman. And she says, I maybe want to be an engineer. What would, what's the elevator speech? What would you tell her? Well, I want to circle back to one thing Will just said that I think sure, it got, actually got mentioned the other day to me, and I'd never really thought about it. And you may have been there because I don't remember where it was. But somebody said that so many students um, that are in engineering are engineers because one of their parents was an engineer. And that mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you aren't exposed to that at a younger age, it's not a career that women specifically, but that a lot of people think about. Um, And like Jessica said, it is a very rewarding career, and that kind of ties back to the WTS. It ties to a lot of things that MDOT does as a whole, I think, as far as recruiting, is that um, it is, like, it's very rewarding, and you get to see it. Like, for example, this morning, I had a little fender bender. Uh Um, Very minor, very minor. and no, I did not have my phone in my hand. My child had it, and there you go. therein lies the problem. But, you know, where we had the opportunity to pull over, I was able to tell my children, oh, look, I was the project manager on this right here. Oh, nice. Right here where we are um, <laughs> on this side. Of, look at these nice wide shoulders that we are able to pull off on. That is a great <laughs> example that worked out right there. So it they is. thought, you know, that was really cool that um, even though we were detained and they were late for school and all those things, um, that I was able to, just, you know, show them, like, you know, I was a part of this, and that was really cool. Um, That's a great point. That, that is, is cool. That is exactly kind of what I was, you know, looking for. It, I think it is one of those things where you see a lot of women that maybe are in the industry, and you see that now, um, but probably did have some type of parent or, you know, relative or something. That, But, you know, you don't have to have that connection. You can stumble upon this career just like me and Paul stumbled into ours. Um, we don't have any parents or, or, or I don't, any relatives that are in the communications world. But similarly, jump out there in engineering just because somebody's not doing it or you don't see a bunch of maybe ladies in engineering today doesn't mean they can't be tomorrow, right? Well, right, and I'm not even like a traditional um, engineering candidate. Like I got through calculus, but that is that is it. Sure. I got through it. I spent more semesters in Cal 2 than I would care to admit. Um, so I, it wasn't like everyone was like, oh, let's look at your, look at your ACT scores and your math grades. You are, you know, you should be an engineer. Um, so I'm even, it's not just that your parents were or were not. Um, and you do, um, there is a lot of math. So I'm not saying sure, sure. that there's not, but you can get through it. You don't, you know, if, to me, what I do is like putting a puzzle together and because in all the different parts are the community you're in, your design constraints, your budget your timeline, um, things like that, and figuring out how it's all going to work together um, and how you can be, you know, at least at MDOT, how you're um, efficiently using the taxpayer's money to provide economic benefits, safety, all those types of things. Uh, so it's a lot more than what you traditionally think about when you think about an engineer. I mean, yes, I, I know that I am a nerd. I don't <laughs> admit that lightly, but I know that I am. But it is... Um, it's a lot broader, and it's a lot of more. It's a lot more different personalities than you might sure. typically think of. And I think it's more like women are being exposed to engineering 
there's more opportunities for mentors and more opportunities oh, yeah. for leadership that you can look to and help kind of navigate some of those nuances when you start than there has been in the past. So I think that that's, you know, it just sometimes takes some time for a lot of that to develop, but that's, you know, back to what we're hoping WTS is able to help bring to the industry. That's awesome. At lunch today, I heard a story and they weren't even talking about engineering or anything like that, but I thought it was really neat. And this guy was um, talking about golf and asking me and the other lady if we throws at lunch with if we play golf. And she said, "Well, you know, I get to be on a lot of golf teams because I get to go from the ladies' tee, which is so far up, you know, as compared to the uh, other tees." And the gentleman said, "Well, you know that he started talking about diversity in teams and." teams at work and how you need diversity and the benefits of that and I thought well I've never never really thought you know we talk about diversity a lot and the importance of it and having different opinions and different strengths and things like that but I thought that was a neat analogy and I'd never really thought about it that you know, diversity is important because different people have different strengths and um, different advantages that um, help make a team more cohesive and bring out the best ideas and get the best product. And I mean, I guess that would True. be a, a parallel for the industry, right? Given mm -hmm. diversity in the industry, getting some, some more uh, diverse in females, males, and all the above in there, diversifying it uh, entirely for sure. Yeah, that's a great tie. And I thought it was, and I never considered it like that before. Yeah. And I mean, go. to be honest, we were talking about, you know, giving the elevator speech. I mean, I think you guys just did it uh, for more than just women, right? Just to anybody, talking about the abundance of diversity between employees and work responsibilities and duties and things that you're actually doing here. What, what about you? Did, were you surprised kind of by the breadth of things that went on in engineering? Um, so being on like the planning side is definitely the front end and kind of seeing it, um, we're looking very far into the future. We're looking like 25, 30 years into the future, which seems crazy because you're like, we're talking 2050 numbers at this point. Wow. <laughs> I'm that's, like, that's amazing. We'll be close to retirement. <laughs> yeah. We but, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but it is great to also like see that project go go all the way through. And yeah. so that's, that's really nice to see like kind of how those pieces fall into place as it's like, you know, following through the path to construction and where people enter in at certain parts of the project and just kind of how it like snowballs and, and actually gets to be put into place. And I feel like everyone here at MDOT plays such a large role in everything that we do and is, you know, so important in how we meet our deliverables that it's just, it's great to see that interaction from beginning to end. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, we've, we always have some fun questions on the show, but we got one more. So another elevator speech. Uh, we're all big MDOT, MDOT people here. I know we all love working at MDOT. So why work at MDOT? So I, I will say kind of all the things that, that I've previously said about, you know, the collaboration and teamwork and kind of getting to work on projects holistically. But then also, um, you know, MDOT's always been great to me in regards to like support. It's Definitely. always been very supportive of me and my career and I feel like it is supportive of people, you know, everyone in their careers and, and making sure that they have the tools and resources to be successful. 
And I think that that's really important because, you know, that that is what we need to be able to do our jobs, but to do our jobs well, but then also to be happy in doing our jobs. Sure. Um, and then I also like that we do, you know, collaborate well and work well together as a team. The environment just lends itself well to have that open communication and to be able to to work together. So that's, I totally agree. That's good. And um, the other part to me, on top of all that, which is so important and so true, is the support of our, fa- our families and, you know, being there when, like, um, going to my sister's graduation Wednesday or if the kids have a play or whatever, there's always tremendous support for that. And then, um, I mean, to me, the most exciting and best thing about MDOT right now is that um, the industry is just kind of breaking open, at least here in Mississippi, and we are getting the opportunity to work on projects and types of things that we have not been able to do in at least the last decade. Um, And that has been due to the tremendous efforts by Senator Wicker for um, the reauthorization of Federal Highway, uh, to our state legislators for their huge investment in our infrastructure here in the state. Uh, Jessica and I got to work really closely together during this legislative session to work on putting together a spreadsheet and maps and stuff to show them what we can do, what we have ready or almost ready to go to construction and things that they would actually be able to see. And um, we were, I think anyway, that we were very successful. I would agree. Um, thanks mm-hmm. to, you know, the commissioners and Director White's leadership. And we, you know, that is, I'm not gonna lie, this is where I get to be a real nerd because that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, right. definitely. We worked on it so hard and then they said yes, yeah. you know, and now we are, you know, working very, very hard to make sure that, you know, we honor, honor our commitment right. to get these projects on the street and um, seeing just the MDOT team come together, you know, recognize the goal, commit to the goal, and seeing all of the things, the way they're thinking outside the box and coming together and communicating, it's been really neat. And I'm very excited about the next year or two as we get these projects to construction. So. We are very grateful for this opportunity, and it's, I mean, like I said, we've been doing maintenance and repairs and things like that since we've been here. And And I think, like, to your point, you know, whenever you get into engineering, I I know at least, I would think most engineers, like, they want this big project. You want that, you want to say, like, you were part of the Greenville Bypass. So you were part of the, like, Mississippi River Crossing or, or something to have in in your boxes during your career and this is the time that i feel like that is really like opening up and that is the time to be in part of these large projects statewide in you know something that we've looked forward to you know for 10 years so that is really neat it is neat those are some great sound bites so come work with us at mdot come work on some really cool projects coming up that's right that's right. And then we like to send you guys home with the, the most important question. Absolutely. Definitely. Course, you know. Transportation podcast, but we're here to talk about food, let's be honest. <laughs> um, well, you know, you guys spend a lot of time traveling around, uh, doing things in the, in the Jackson Metro, sure, but maybe even far and wide, uh, maybe a home place. Is there a, is there a spot? Is there a stop in, a burger joint somewhere that, you know, maybe you don't get to go by very often, but anytime you're in the neck of the woods, you got to go there. Where's the hole in the wall? 
So I know for me, we went to Ole Miss. Okay. And you know, it's where my heart lies. And whenever I hotty toddy, <laughs> hotty toddy, indeed. We'll allow. Um, and you know, whenever I'm in Oxford, I always go to the bottle tree. Bottle tree? Yes. Okay. It's on the square. It's this little deli coffee shop. They make their own bread. They get there at like crazy, like two o'clock in the morning and just start baking. So all the bread that they serve is fresh. That they made. Okay. They have this sandwich called the Van Buren. Okay. It's so good. It is um, on sourdough bread. It's a turkey sandwich, but then they have this like, I don't, this jelly they put on it, I don't know. It's just, I'm it's delicious. Oh, yeah. And then I always get it with the cup of soul, which is this this giant cup of coffee, and it has oh. chocolate milk in it, and it's just. That sounds bad. good, too. Oh, sounds yeah. Sounds like I need to bring you back one Wednesday when I go <laughs> yeah. to yeah. Oxford. The Bottle Tree. Is that what it's Bottle Tree Bakery. Oh, yeah. I've tried Better. to remake it so many times, Definitely. and it's just not the same. Paul's well, if you can't remake it, then it must it Paul, be done. Paul's keeping him in business, he said. I just hold the sure. down. What about you, Kobe? I'm not as much fun. Um, it's okay. The noodles at Gia in Biloxi. Okay. That is, I mean. That's a good one. They. The noodles? No, it's called Gia, but it's, <laughs> they make this. <laughs> the restaurant was the noodles. Okay, <laughs> sorry, noodles. here we go. I mean, it could be, but Fair it's, enough. um, they have this like stir fry, wok fries. What? I don't know. I'm not a. It's called Gia. It's, that's the name of the restaurant. Oh. And it is this chicken stir fried noodle something I don't know but it is delicious and it's meant to be for two people and I get one and I eat the whole thing and then I'm miserable See, most of the time people are like fried food you know where's the catfish at and then y'all have you know these uh, wonderful healthier options so and no this is not healthy there is I'm certain <laughs> that there is some MSG in okay We're all right with that. well my answer was gonna be my mother's spaghetti but then you said like hole in the wall in the state and I was like well I guess I need to come up with your mother's spaghetti, that's fair. We want we want we want places that we can actually go enjoy the dish afterwards. Well though, I adapted so sure. my answer. But next time she's here, I'll bring you some leftovers. There we go. We got a podcast for Mother Spaghetti on the books. There you go. I think we might be on the coast soon, so we're gonna have to hit that up. It's not but open on Mondays. Not open on Mondays. Okay. Heard that. Good okay, okay. Well, lots of great conversation today, lots of uh, fantastic information. Colby and Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having us. No doubt. So let's go ahead and wrap things up. We want to thank our listeners out there for tuning in to the Extra Mile podcast. You can listen and watch episodes by visiting goem.com forward slash the extra mile. Follow us on social media at Mississippi DOT is the handle. We want to thank our producer, Katie Hornsby, our editor, Drew Hall. They do a lot of work behind the scenes. And remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways.